You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, welcome to a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. He is James Rapine. I am Tony Wiggins. James, we got one more week, man. One more week of the National Football League regular season before the playoffs start. How you doing, first of all, up in chilly Cincinnati? <laughs> it is chilly. There's no doubt about that. Home of the world's best chilly as well. But uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing well, Tony. Uh, I uh, I'm excited. I can't believe it's the end of the year, man. 2020 I, almost over. I know it. it it's been, uh, it, it's been, you know, when you have challenges, when you have challenges, it kind of brings out the best in people. I know that, I, I know that from going through hurricanes down here and storms. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we really seen the best of some people and, 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 and I really, really appreciate, first of all, our audience here at locked on NFL and our, and our respective podcast I don't go a day without telling people how much I appreciate them. And we do really appreciate our audience and our listeners here that tune in because without them, there's no us. And uh, it's a holiday season right now. And I feel like Santa Claus, you know what I'm saying? I kind of look like Santa Claus too, because I've been eating too much, you know, but um, I've been drinking a lot of Pepsi too. I, I don't, I'm not, and I'm not going to stop that because that tastes so good. Me too. I go for that vanilla Pepsi all day and this football season. It's different. Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi, the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football, watching. That's and that's right. exactly what we're doing, Tony. Well, I mean, we've watched a ton of football, and it's, hell, week 17's here. We made it. We weren't sure there was going to be a season. There has been, and we're uh, almost to the end of the regular season. All right, so let's let's break it down. I'm going to tell people what we got today. We're giving out awards in this first segment. We're giving out awards in this first segment. In the second segment, we're going to give myself a pat on the back for two things. One, my jinx continues to work, and that's about as hustling backwards of a, of a pat on the back as ever because I'm really losing, but I'm winning because it's a, it's a, it's, it's a streak that I have going that I really – it's really a losing streak, but it's a winning streak – because it actually ended up getting the Jack Jacksonville Jaguars the number one pick in the draft. I, I did not do that on purpose. James thinks I did. I did not. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, did. The Wiggins jinx. <laughs> right. That's exactly what it is. I actually won my fantasy football championship. We'll discuss that and how we did that. Also, we'll pass out some pink slips and talk about who's going to probably lose their job. You about to lose your job as of this Sunday. And then in the final segment where we focus on the NFL draft, got real good stuff from Ben Solak and Trevor Sakima. Uh, those are guys, you know, that Draft Network and Draft Dukes, they do a really, really good job. They really go into a deep dive about the Jacksonville Jaguars and how attractive that job situation has become uh, because of the fact that they have the number one pick and access to Trevor Lawrence with all of that salary cap space. They are, they're in a unique position to turn that franchise around. So we're gonna replay you a lot of that and it's some very, very interesting stuff. But first, James. You made a statement last week that really, really made me think about who is the coach of the year. My coach of the year may be different from yours. I'm giving it to Ron Rivera and my choice for Ron Rivera. I got to admit part of it is sentimental because of what he had to 
fight through and how brave he was and the leadership that he's actually shown even yesterday with them moving on from a former number one pick in Dwayne Haskins. But it's also because of the way they started the season and how he's resurrected that team right in the middle and the face of a lot of controversy off the field. And they found a way to put themselves in a position where they're in the catbird seat and control their own destiny with the playoffs. That's fair. And and I, I totally get it. And look, if Ron Rivera wins it, and I know he's one of the the favorites, I wouldn't be shocked. I've been on the Kevin Stefanski train. I think yep. that when you're bad for two decades, even though you have a bunch of talent, it takes a lot to to turn the Browns around. And I get it. They lost to the Jets and you know, they have to win to get into the playoffs. They still won 10 games this year. And it's a successful season, four more than they did a year ago. Obviously, if they can handle Mason Rudolph and the Steelers, they'll get in on Sunday and play in the postseason. So because he got them to this point, I think it's Kevin Stefanski. And my number two, it actually wouldn't be Rivera. It would be Brian Flores because I think he's sort of established himself as is that that guy for Miami. And to do that in just your second season, you deserve a lot of credit because they don't know if two is a franchise quarterback yet. He hasn't flashed like Burrow did or Herbert did. So they're not sure. And yet he's got them in position to make the playoffs. So those are my two. Those are two very good choices too. And I thought about you and that's why we're, we're tapping into this subject because I watched Stefanski over the last couple of weeks, when you mentioned his name on, on one of our podcasts, they weren't favored to win two games. Of course they lost to the jets. You mentioned that, but the two weeks before that, I looked at the schedule and I said, I don't know if they're going to get there because they weren't favored to win those games and they won them. Mm-hmm. And they've done this without Odell Beckham jr. They've done it for a lot of seasons without Denzel Ward. They had some injuries on their defense. He hasn't allowed that to be used as an excuse. They did it for a couple of weeks without Nick Chubb. He hasn't allowed injuries to be used as an excuse. Whereas Freddie Kitchens, the previous year, <laughs> allowed everything to be used for an excuse. And and the team just did not play well. So uh, I'll salute you on that. You really, really made me think hard about it. And if uh, I'll, I'll agree with you. If Stefanski wins, it will not surprise me. I'm going to stay right there in Washington for the comeback player of the year. Once again, it's sentimental. He hasn't played a lot. But for a guy who was in danger of not only losing his limb, but possibly even losing his life. Alex Smith gets my, it's hard to play in the NFL, bro. And it's real hard to play when you're older and it's real hard to play when you were fighting to keep your leg, right? Mm -hmm. This dude came back and he could be the difference between Washington going to the playoffs and going home. Alex Smith to me deserves and has earned the right to be considered the comeback player of the year. No debate here. I don't think anyone should debate that one. That should be the the ultimate consensus. He's the player of the year, the comeback player of the year. And look, he's their best quarterback. That's the other part of this right. that, that deserves attention because I, I agree when he took the field, people kind of, in my opinion, prematurely crowned him comeback player of the year. Right. But then he was productive. And now he has a chance. He's expected to start this weekend with the playoffs on the line. You win and you're in. Well, Alex Smith is a big reason why Washington is in that spot. So without a doubt, in my mind, comeback player of the year. Let's keep moving along. I'm going to go be a little Debbie Downer right now and go with the most disappointing team in the NFL. You can point a lot of fingers at a lot of people in a lot of places and a lot of teams. I'm going to stay in the division and I'm going to just go two hours north of Washington. and I'm going to point 
to the city of brotherly love and say the Philadelphia Eagles to me are the most disappointing team in the National Football League. Damn. <laughs> damn, 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 Tony. You read my mind. What'd you do? Did you, you steal my answers here? Yeah, I'm omniscient, I, man. I'm omniscient. I, uh, so when they played the Bengals, I obviously covered the Bengals. They played the Bengals in week three and the Bengals tied them. And I thought that was a good performance by Cincinnati. Obviously in hindsight, it's like, eh, they're the same team, <laughs> you know? Right. And if anything, Joe Burrow should have led them past Carson Wentz and the Eagles. And so, yeah, they, they've been a huge disappointment. I thought they were going to win the division. I thought they were going to win the division in week six, week seven. I know I said it on this podcast that they were going to turn it around. And now Philly's got a lot of offseason decisions and questions to make. Maybe they stick uh, with what they have in Howie Roseman. They, they stick with what they have uh, on the coaching staff, but it's uh it's, it's a tough spot to be in after where they were just a few years ago. You got Carson Wentz on the books and stuff. I think it's kind of a disaster, really, for Philadelphia, uh, considering where I had them. Heck, they won the division last year, yeah. and that's where I had them this year. A lot of people were on the Cowboys. I wasn't. I thought that Philadelphia would win the division, uh, and it's, it's not even really a question now um, that, that they are the most disappointing team in the NFL. No doubt about it. it. And it's weird. It's a weird dynamic and it's a fall from grace, man, just to be where you were. Like you said, a couple of, just a few, a couple of a few years ago to go from that to this, uh, winning a Super Bowl, And all of a sudden now people are talking about Doug Peterson getting fired, which we'll go through that later on. I don't know if that's the case, but we'll see. Let's give some awards to some young guys. How about the offensive and defensive rookies of the year? I'm gonna get in trouble for some people from some people in Jacksonville with this one. Uh, I just can't give an award to a, a player on the team that's won one game. So the offensive rookie of the year, I'm gonna go with Justin Jefferson, wide receiver in Minnesota. And this was a surprising. I knew he was gonna be okay. I did not know he was gonna be this good. Wow, going with Justin Jefferson. I'm surprised. Look at you. That curveball. I wasn't ready for that. Maybe you aren't cheating off mine. Uh -huh. I look, I'm gonna go with another Justin. It's Justin Herbert. Yeah. It it has to be. Uh, unfortunately, I think it does. I, I think his numbers are insane and numbers matter. I mean, they just do. And when Joe Burrow got injured, he became the front runner and the Chargers six and nine, they've won a couple games as of late and the numbers are just eye popping with Herbert. And, and, and that's going to be the difference here. I don't think he's necessarily the best rookie, but he has 28 touchdowns, 10 picks, 66 complete uh, percent completion percentage, a quarterback rating nearing a hundred. It's pretty damn good. Right. And, and so James Robinson is a guy I would look at. I, I would certainly look at Justin Jefferson as the best rookie overall uh, from the offensive side. But uh, yeah, it's hard to, to argue Herbert. with the quarterback. It is yeah, it's it's very, very hard to argue with the quarterback. Should be Joe Burrow, but he, he got. Yeah. Hurt. Yeah. No, I, you know what? And if he hadn't gotten hurt, you're, you're right. I probably would. Defensive rookie of the year. Going back to the nation's capital. I'm going to go with Chase Young. I think he's had a tremendous impact. Uh, Derek Brown in a close second. He just doesn't play a glamour position and he doesn't flash like a lot of guys. Uh, but uh, he he does uh, lead the league in pressures for defensive linemen. But I want to go with Chase Young, and that's because of the impact that he's had down the stretch for the Washington football team. Another no brainer. It's Young. Everyone else is second. Yep. Yep. No doubt. Let's go with defensive player of the year. I'm going to make the Jaguar fans mad with this one. Because anytime I was playing in my fantasy football championship and the guy benched DK Metcalf, he benched DK Metcalf because he was just so certain that he wasn't. Gonna, I didn't agree with the philosophy, but I didn't tell him. 
because DK Metcalf was playing against Jalen. Jalen Ramsey has been a shutdown. This is about as good a year I've seen a corner have since Darrell Revis in his prime. I'm going with Jalen Ramsey as the defensive player of the year. That's fair. I, I think he's reminded everyone that he's the best corner in all of the NFL. I'm going to go with his teammate. <laughs> Aaron Donald. That's the I, Michael I, Jordan award, man. You can give it to him every year. He's in the league. Really? <laughs> I mean that, and that's the thing. I, I just, I think he deserves it. I mean, he's been great again this year. Uh, 13 and a half sacks, a bunch of tackles. He just, he's the game changer. He's the guy that is, uh, is always going to be in the mix, always in the hunt in the safe bet. And so he's no doubt going to be an all pro again this year. I just, I mean, think about 13 and a half sacks at defensive tackle and he's getting double and triple teamed. It doesn't matter. I mean, so it's a no brainer for me. It's him, but there are certainly uh, an argument could be made for Ramsey. I have forever said that Lawrence Taylor is the best, not only the best defensive player I've ever seen. I've said that he's the best football player I've ever seen in my life. A lot of it, Bill, Bill Belichick said that. I think I'm pretty yeah. sure Belichick said that oh, yeah. the best I'm telling you, Aaron Donald's getting close. And, and, and that's sacrilegious for me to say that because I'm a huge LT fan. I grew up rooting for the Washington football team and he broke my heart for 10 years and he he's close. Aaron Donald, the way he's playing right now, if, if you're too young to remember the way when you watch Aaron Donald play his best game, that's what Lawrence Taylor did for 10 years in a row. It's unbelievable. He was unblockable and Aaron Donald's getting close. Let's go with, MV, well, we'll go with offensive uh, player of the year. I'll let you do that, and then I'll make a grand announcement about my offensive player of the year. No, it's Pat Mahomes, and it, it should be. I think he's been electric. Uh, obviously, it goes without saying, right? He's on the, the best team in the league. I think a lot of people feel that way. And he's the best quarterback in the NFL, and I, I think he deserves this award. He's 38 touchdowns, six picks, quarterback rating of 108. And uh, nearly 5,000 yards might get there this week. I'm going to disagree with you, but I'm not, I don't want to fight. I don't want to, I don't want to wrestle with you about it. You probably whoop me anyway. You're younger and in better shape. I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers as my offensive player of the year. And as my MVP, I think he has 44 touchdowns and four picks. If I'm not mistaken. He does now five picks, five, five picks. picks. It, it, the dude is, he's a machine. Mm-hmm. James, he's a machine. He he's literally. I, I I just can't I can't put an adjective on it. I mean, the thing is, he puts up those numbers, and he's not even the best in the league. It's it, it's crazy. He mm-hmm. if if Patrick Mahomes is Wayne Gretzky, then this guy's Mario Lemieux, right? It's fair. He, right this year, no, yeah. I mean. No doubt. So you, you said your MVP. I thought you were going to go with Mahomes as MVP because the no. reason Mahomes gets the offensive player of the year and damn it, I, I knew you were reading off my paper. <laughs> I knew see people. It's not just the Wiggins jinx. Now it's the Wiggins cheat. He's cheating, cheating as well. I'm cheating all the way. I got eyes all the way in Cincinnati. Right? I, I pulled up the, the, the stats here prepared to make the argument for Aaron Rodgers over Pat Mahomes. Cause I thought for sure you were going Mahomes. Nope. Look, he, he completed 70, 0.3% of his passes this year, over 4,000 yards. So he trails Mahomes in yards. Oh, okay. Has more touchdowns, 44, one less pick, five. Quarterback rating 11 points higher. And here's the thing he's on a worse team. His team isn't as good. No, they aren't. 
And, and, and so if he's playing at that level, they need him to play at that level. Right. Mahomes doesn't have to play at that level each and every week. He, did, he didn't the other day. To, to win, right? He doesn't have Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. That right. alone is more than, than Rodgers has this year. And I get it. Devontae Adams is a freak. Adams Top might five. be the best of the group. Top five. Might, yeah, I mean, he's great. But after that, there's a steep drop-off. And so what Rodgers has done, especially after they didn't address wide receiver in the draft, I mean, think about it. They could have went out and got T. Higgins. They could have had one of these these stud Brandon Ayuk and, and instead if they were going to trade up and instead they, they get a quarterback who's third string Aaron Rodgers is the MVP he deserves it and uh, I hope he gets it and this is coming from a TB12 guy I'm team Tom Brady all day right but Aaron Rodgers should be the MVP of the NFL I think he is I thought before I saw Mahomes that Aaron Rodgers was the most talented quarterback I'd ever seen and then this kid comes along and and now you know it kind of just changes every single thing that you know everything every single thing that you say about quarterback he, he's kind of changed i tell you what we're going to pause for the cause real quick when we get uh back online we're going to talk about the wiggins jinx that james mentioned we're going to tell you about some dough that i won and what i'm going to do with it and we'll do that on a wednesday edition of locked on nfl i'll tell you what i would do with some dough is i would use the doordash app and get my favorite food and support all these great local restaurants. Look, we're all busy, but you also have to take time to eat. And in 2020, the best and safest way to do it and have food delivered to your home is DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants. Now these local places are counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now to your door. It's easy. I use it all the time. You just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat. Your food will be safely left outside your door with their new contactless delivery drop-off setting. They have over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. So you want that local place? Get it through DoorDash. And heck, if you're craving Chipotle, they have that on there. Cheesecake Factory, Wendy's. There's something for everyone. And the deliveries, again, contactless to keep the community and keep you safe. Right now, our listeners, you're going to get $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code Locked On. Again, that's $5 off, zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Locked On. Don't forget, that's code Locked On for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, man. So, uh, back here on Locked On NFL on a Wednesday. And I have to tell you guys that betting on the NFL playoffs doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q, and he's my boy too, and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast. Brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. Listen, I have some extra Skrilla, too. You want to know how I got it? It ain't nothing illegal. I'm not I'm not sitting here incriminating myself. So <laughs> I won my fantasy football championship, the one I played in the barbershop for the last 15 years. So I have bragging rights. It's not even about the money. It's just that I want to walk in there and look at those dudes and just I want them to know that they're in the presence of championship pedigree i was the andy reed of the barbershop like i was the best player who had never won right so i won with my two best players 
who what are you laughing because because i'm a big chunky guy i don't oh. mention yeah that's why you laugh so it was that thing yeah it is yeah it is i know it's just a couple of years ago no one would have compared themselves to andy reed now pat mahomes right. comes along and everyone wants to be right Reed. right so i had my two best players i had james robinson who was hurt they held him out in jacksonville and then uh mike thomas my, my michael thomas my highest pick wasn't available but my man, uh, Mike Evans, went ballistic, and I found out Derek Carr was playing, so I, so I put Nelson Aguilar in in my flex. And oh, I had, and he I, went off. He oh. went off, and then uh, 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 Darren Waller did Darren Waller things. Yep. Uh, Devin White was a tackling machine. Uh, Allen Robinson had a revenge game against the Jaguars. I was extremely happy, man. I was extremely happy. So my guys won. And I want me some Skrilla, and I'm going to use it on, on betonline.ag. You should. It's the time right now. It's yeah. the time. Football season, the regular season wrapping up, which means the playoffs, bowl season with college. So good luck, man. I hope you turn that fantasy winning into to big time win. Yep. And I hope our fans of the show do too. Um, who's getting fired Sunday? <laughs> We're going to talk about – I hope those dudes been saving somebody. I, I can tell you right now on the home front, uh, as much as I like him, Doug Marone has to go. He's 1-15. One, one he's, he's done. This is a destination job now here in Jacksonville. And, uh, of course, uh, Trevor Sakim and Ben Solak, they're going to run you through that in our third segment. But uh, they can get anybody they want now. I think Doug Marone's uh, – this is his last game. It should be. No, right. he, he he's one of the the many – Right. Adam Gase, I think, should be out. He hasn't saved himself with this little run at the end. No, no. And, and, and he, he shouldn't. They need and I wouldn't blame them if they stick with Sam Darnold, even though people are trying to really kick Sam Darnold out of there. They need to bring someone else in and really give that kid a, a shot. And I know that sounds bad, but man, that this year has been last year. He got him to seven and nine. And I don't know how. And this year has just been a nightmare. And Heck, you've won two games. <laughs> so so I, I get it. You can be out on Adam Gase. I wouldn't be out on Sam Darnold as well. It doesn't mean don't draft a quarterback. I wouldn't take one at two, but I, I'm out on Gase. I don't know about you. Hey, maybe he could go down to Jacksonville and coach Trevor Lawrence. What do you think? No. Um, <laughs> I just make I, fans cringe with that one. Right. And, and, you know, we give these precursors when we talk about people. Doug said some real nice stuff about us media people down here. He said that. As far as the media is concerned, this is the best place that he's ever been. And, and you know, that, that reached a lot of people. And, and that means something to, to folks. And um, another good man. And, uh, you know, we I've heard other people talk about him. I saw Rex Ryan cry about this guy. Anthony Lynn out in, out in L.A. He's yeah. got to go. He's got to go. And he does. He does. I think what really hurt him, too, I think he held on to Gus Bradley too long in, on, the, as, on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, it, it, he does. And you want to talk about a destination job. Who wouldn't want to coach Justin Herbert now? Who, who's going to be the offensive rookie of the year? Uh, you have a, a Los Angeles setting, great weather. I mean, they you talk about teams going after Urban Meyer, and I know Jacksonville is tied to him. If you're the Chargers, psh, hey, man, you can stay in L.A. and uh, and do whatever you want to do and, and, and enjoy life with Justin Herbert. I mean, that's, that's another attractive job. I'd still probably take Jacksonville over it, but it's an attractive job. I think that's the spot for Joe Brady with that young gunslinger. Ooh. That that's the that's the spot for Joe Brady. Oh I, I I everybody because they're talking about him here. Yeah. To me, 
if I'm Joe Brady and you got that guy, I don't think Joe Brady is, is the, I don't think Jacksonville's the spot for him. And because I think Jacksonville needs sort of a big fish, the big fish leadership. I think they've done too much of the experimentation type thing. And I think once they got Trevor, once they were lined up to get Trevor and, and they have all of that cap space, this became a situation where you're going to call Nick Saban. This is where you're going to call Urban Meyer. This is where you're going to call Ryan Day. You're going to call the CEO types. I think with the Chargers, with Herbert, I think that's Joe Brady all day. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, I've heard Mike Zimmer, and that's a weird one for me because I really like him as a coach, man. But, you know, some of that stuff starts to happen when you start going back and forth with media people too. And if Mike, if Mike Zimmer, if Mike Zimmer gets fired, the Jaguars should call him. I'm serious. The Bengals should call him. <laughs> yeah. I'm he was the defensive coordinator there. He yeah. has a house in Northern Kentucky. Look, Zach Taylor won a couple games and <laughs> right. And it's right. Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer's won a couple playoff games, which Marvin Lewis didn't do when he was here. I, I mean, I agree with you, by the way, Jacksonville, uh, Los Angeles. Mike Zimmer's a damn good coach, and he's done it with Case Keenum. Won playoff games with Case Keenum and Kirk Cousins. They're not bad, but they damn sure aren't quarterbacks that you're like, oh well. He beat. Think about it. Say just say this out loud. Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins slash Case Keenum have beat Sean Payton and Drew Brees in the playoffs multiple times. Right. I mean. I, so, so I, I'm a big Mike Zimmer guy and, and obviously I'm familiar with him from his time with the Bengals as the defensive coordinator here, but I think he's uh, if he does get fired and he just signed an extension, but they're limping to the finish. If they do move on from him, then uh, I, I think he should, if he wants to, uh, he should get scooped up really quick by one of these NFL teams to be another, to be a head coach, not a coordinator, nothing like that. I think he could go from that to another job right away. I totally agree with you. Has Raheem Morris done enough in Atlanta to get the interim tag taken away? No, no. Uh, if I'm Atlanta, you, you, you right just now, reboot it. You reboot. Right it. now, you have the fourth pick. Don't don't half-ass this. That there there are teams that do this, and they hang on to Ryan, and they hang on to Julio, and they hang on to the past. I've kind of seen it with Andy Dalton and AJ Green, right? And it it doesn't work with the new regime. So. If I'm them, I wouldn't be against completely rebooting it, like all the way rebooting it and seeing what you can get for Matt Ryan. You, you have the fourth pick. Hey, Justin Fields, come on down. Zach Wilson, come on down. I mean, you're going to be able to get one of those guys at quarterback. And if you like one of them, if you hate them, don't do it. But if you like one of them, your new GM or your new head coach, whoever it is, th- then maybe that's the the way you go. And um, it, maybe they go after a young coach too. You go young quarterback, young coach. Maybe Joe Brady lands there in the division. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, may, maybe that's a scenario. So there's uh if I'm Atlanta, that's what I would do. It's much easier said than done though, because saying bye to Julio or saying bye, you know, trading him for a third rounder, let's say, or whatever, uh, trading Matt Ryan for less than, than what you think you should get for them. That That's hard to do. And, and maybe you don't want to completely reboot considering that Mercedes Benz Superdome or Mercedes Benz Stadium, as we know it, cost a lot of money, and they're going to want to fill those seats. So that's the other the other aspect of it. No doubt about it. Two guys quickly that are still fighting for their playoff lives. Mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy, safe? Is it safe. too early? Safe. Too early. Doug Peterson, too much cachet with the Super Bowl title a couple of years ago. Too early. 
too early. I hell, I still think it might be early on Wentz. So I'm going to say early on Doug Peterson. He's a he's a guy. Look, how good is this Eagles team really? And you're going to have to fix some of those flaws this offseason. But they won the division last year. I get it was a down year, a poor year, disappointing year, most disappointing team, right? I can't move on from Doug Peterson yet because he's got a Super Bowl ring. And because, like I said, he just won the division. Gotcha. Um, would you fire either of those guys? I, I probably would fire McCarthy because. Would you really? Yeah, Jerry has money longer than train smoke. He, he can pay him off. It's, it's no problem. Oh, and if, so if, if you I'm do him, that, I would run it, out. I would go get Lincoln Riley. See, if I'm him last year, I would have got Urban last year. I think, and, and so it, is that Jerry? He wouldn't go for Jerry. You don't think? No, so? I, I think they clash. I really, I, I don't think Jerry wants somebody with that much ego. But I would go. I, if I was him, I'd probably run after Lincoln Riley. That's fair. Yeah, somebody from the region that he that he knows. That's gonna uh, have a wide open offense with all those receivers. What if they make the playoffs, Tone? They, they make the playoffs with that going down and a bad defense, and you're gonna fire McCarthy? Yeah, they're still they they make the, they're six nine. They'd be six nine and one, wouldn't they? Seven and nine. They'd be seven and nine. They're six and nine right now. Yeah, they'd be seven and nine. So they make the playoffs at seven and nine. Yeah, I, I'd I'd still run them out of there. Man, that's tough. Yeah, I'm a hard dude, man. I, I mean, hate- I. I would I would fire Zach Taylor, so I get yeah. it. But yeah, when you're Jerry and you you got that big stadium and you wear that star that he always talks about, I, I just think your brand is is too big to be happy with seven and nine and happy with the way that it's gone under McCarthy. So they just look downright atrocious at times. So. Uh, and it's Another, seven and nine in that division. That that's not you should be you should be fourteen and two in that division. If Zimmer gets let go, another place to look. And Absolutely. the Bengals could have a defensive coordinator vacancy. Zimmer came from Dallas as well, sure did. so it could be either the DC and they could pay him four million a year, some crazy number, to, so he goes there, or maybe he is the head, the next head coach. I don't think they'll fire McCarthy, but that that is another option. No doubt about it. This jinx, man. Let's get with this jinx now. Oh, I forgot about the jinx, man. The Wiggins jinx. I told you last week about it. You kept going. Well, I brag every week. It seems like I brag about a team and the team loses. So who was it last week that I bragged about? Oh, last week was Cleveland. But you've done it to the Raiders. You've you've done it to a bunch of teams. And and, and I I couldn't believe you did it to Cleveland because the Browns fans have suffered for 20 damn years. They finally get a good team. They have the Jets on the schedule. And guess what you did? You gave them the Wiggins jinx, so they had all these contact, you know, close contacts due to COVID. Couldn't have their wide receivers out there. They lose the damn Adam Gase with the just, playoffs on the line. Listen, man, I was trying to, I was trying to roll with house money. I, you know, I thought it was an easy game for me to break, the, get off the snide. Yeah, and Wiggins it turns jinx. out, it's an it easy turns game out, to jinx the Browns. Well, and it worked out good for the Jaguars, so I'm I'm cool with it, but. I do want to say this. Oh man, there, there is, is another Wiggins jinx coming right no, now. No, no, it's no jinx because I'm gonna I'm gonna break this one. But there is a team that I've looked at that don't do it that appears to be the most complete team in the NFL. Don't do it, it Buffalo. Okay, oh, no, I'm saying I, I'm just saying it looks like the Bills. Oh my god. <laughs> Every week, you're picking on these franchises that have sucked uh, for decades. No, man. I, oh, uh, Buffalo's finally good. I'm going to choose Buffalo. They're going to lose in the first round now because of you. No, they're not. No, you they're just not. did that. They're, they're too good. Oh, my God. They it, play offense. Last, they play defense. They're tough. The Browns were too good. 
They were too good to lose to freaking Adam Gase and the Jets. Look, man, I saw a video of a dude that came home from watching the game and he was on the porch, his security, and he's winding his arm up and his wife posted it on Twitter. That dude was so happy. I was happy to see those fans get what they want. And that kid at quarterback, he's had a hard time. People thought he wasn't any good. He could throw a strawberry through a locomotive. I'm real happy for them. I hope they get somebody up there in cold weather and beat the snot out of them. That's what I want. I want Buffalo. I think Buffalo is the most complete team going into the playoffs, and I think they give the Chiefs a problem. They're going to get crushed now because you jinxed them. (laughs) I think they're really good too. But you, like, they're going to lose like 10 to 7 and just really struggle in the cold weather. And Bills fans are going to be longtime sufferers, are going to have to suffer another year because of Tony Wiggins in Jacksonville jinxing them. Oh, man. I, hey, by the way, if the Browns don't get in the playoffs this week, it's and my they fault. lose to Mason Rudolph and the Steelers, it's I'm gonna fault. tweet. I'm gonna tweet it out. And I have Browns fans on my timeline. They're gonna come after you. Jeff Lloyd is gonna come after me. Oh, Jeff Lloyd and yeah, the Cleveland's gonna come after. Joe me. Marino's gonna beat me up if the Bills fall in the first round too. Oh my so. god, they're going to now. All right, oh. man. So we ain't gonna get beat up by Solak and and, and Sakima. They they won't beat me up, but uh, no, what we'll they will. Yeah, what they will do, though, they will because they they really break tape really, really well. All of those guys do. Marino, uh, Kyle Krabs, of course, with Locked on Dolphins, all of those guys. No Swack, doubt. They took a deep dive. We talked about the Jaguars. They took a real deep dive into Jacksonville and even did a three-round mock uh, to Jacksonville. We have that for you here on Locked on NFL. They, they're our partners and our buddies, and they shared that with us. We're going to let you guys hear it in just a second here on Locked on NFL Wednesday. It's betonline.ag. That's right. Betonline.ag is where you guys need to go if you want to make some Skrilla. That's right. You need to go get paid and you need to sign up right now because that's where I go and that's who we all trust. If you're ready for the playoffs, if you're ready for the college playoffs or the NFL playoffs, that's where you need to go because that's the only place that has you covered. And it's where I trust and it's where I go. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. I, I'm going to say that again. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code for a 50% welcome bonus. You have stuff like the NFL game of the week, college football games, the top games, the current headlines in sports. Don't sit on the sideline anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. On social media, you can visit our good friends and exclusive partner at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use the promo code locked on for your sign up bonus. Hashtag bet online. Okay, man, James and I are Rolling along on a Wednesday, we got Ben Solak and Trevor Sakima who break down the NFL draft. They're going to talk to you about the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They took a deep dive in into what the Jaguars have to look forward to with the number one overall pick that they expect to be Trevor Lawrence, as well as looking at what may happen in the first three rounds for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Take a listen. The Rams potentially not making the playoffs is huge for the Jaguars. Oh, it's massive for the Jaguars. So they're sitting at 21. Kyle Pitts is still on the board at number 21. I think that they would certainly consider this. But let's go into it thinking they 
got one of the safeties, or at least they addressed the safety position a little bit in free agency. And then they also got themselves a pretty big tight end. So, like, let's say that they go after those t- first two targets that we really liked, and they brought in some good guys. Are you still bringing in a guy like Kyle Pitts here at yeah. 21? Yeah. If they sign Justin Simmons and, and Hunter Henry, they, they went hog wild. And Pitts is on the board here. We also are seeing Travis Etienne, Joseph Osai, Eric Stokes, Terrace Marshall, Najee Harris, and Elijah Vera Tucker, which means J.C. Horn is off the board. Uh, Samuel Cosme is off the board. Your best tackles available at this point are Rashawn Slater, Liam Eikenberg, Dylan Radins. I love Rashawn Slater. I'd be taking Kyle Pitts here at nine. Absolutely. Ooh, okay. Him and Henry, you're going you're gonna to be able to play those guys at both those guys at wide receiver. Two tight end sets. It's going to work for you, especially if you hired Arthur Smith. Uh, to me, this is a Kyle Pitts spot for sure. Okay. I mean, Kyle Pitts making it to 21 makes this really tempting. I'd, oh, Rayshon Slater being there is tough for me, but it shoot, is. I, I just got over saying that you need more offensive weapons. And so if, if Pitts is there at 21, I think they're going Kyle Pitts. But if it's not Kyle Pitts, I would say that they're probably looking offensive line, no matter what. If, mm-hmm. it, if it's well, not like a Kyle Pitts. I think Horn will be on the table as well. But if J.C. Horn were here, we'd have probably a conversation. Okay. But he's not. That's fair. That's fair as well. So Kyle Pitts, potentially J.C. Horn, offensive line. Those are the options here. But we're going to go with Kyle Pitts. So Kyle Pitts yeah. was a selection of there at 21. Man, I'm I, I, hoping I, go ahead. that we get Sean Wade here at 33. Uh, 33, they're on the board. Sean Wade is still here, as is Darion Kendrick, Asante Samuel Jr., Tyson Campbell, who's left on the major big board. We got Offensive tackle. Who do we got an offensive tackle left? Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker is a potential offensive tackle. He's still on the board. Other than him, Alex Leatherwood from Alabama, Daniel Falele from Minnesota, Jackson Carmen from Clemson. So none of the none of the major offensive tackle pieces really right. made it to thirty three in this. Now, point. what's interesting here is that we took Pitts at twenty one. At this point, no other tight end has been taken. So Pat Fryermuth and and Brevin Jordan, I think Fryermuth being a player that could very reasonably be selected top forty, are still on the board. And so if we had gone a different direction at, at twenty one and not mm-hmm. taken Pitts. Mm-hmm. We are in a good spot to take Fryermuth here at 33, and we pick again at 45, which is nice for Jacksonville, right? They can wait on it if they really want to. Sure, yeah. Um, with that said, my recommendation here would be Sean Wade uh, because you would want to grab that corner to potentially win the starting job opposite C.J. Henderson in camp. So that would be my pick. I'm I'm, I'm good with Wade here, especially because uh, there there isn't an obvious offensive tackle that's still on the board, and you're picking... 12 picks later at pick number 45 because that's the other second round selection that they have. So Jaguars are now up again at 45. Offensive linemen still on the board. Trey Smith, um, Alex Leatherwood, he they are still here. Safety, Trayvon Merrick is still there. Mm. Let's see, edge rushers, Jalen Phillips from Miami is still here. Jason Oa from Penn State. Aziz Ojolari is still here. Edge is tricky for me. Like, okay, so they have Josh Allen and they have Caleb on Chase. And if yep. they draft the Z's, how you're going to, how you how you getting snaps for all those guys? Uh, and secondly, just, like, you're just, ro- you're rotating them, obviously. And you still need Caleb on, like, Caleb on needs reps. Caleb on needs time on the field. You know what I mean? Like, he got better across the end of the season. So I would want him to keep playing. Obviously, I think you want depth. If you bring back Smoot, I think you're fine. Uh, so I wouldn't want to go Edge. I'm, like again, like I think they re-signed Cam Robinson because you just don't want to go into free agency and in the draft with a massive hole at left tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they have Robinson, then I don't. I mean, like this, like at round two is where I would start looking at a potential 
alternative tackle if you want Leatherwood for that. And then he's got guard versatility. So you can have him be your O-line six and back up multiple spots. Yeah. That works for me. Yeah. I think that's where I would lean. Yeah. You you think you think he has better offensive tackle potential than Trey Smith would? Because Trey Smith, Trey Smith obviously was a super high recruit coming into Tennessee, played offensive tackle originally, and just now he's on the interior. And he's kind of a bulldozer on the interior. I really like Trey Smith. I just wonder who who you think has better versatility. It's this is a good question because I, I do think that Trey Smith's got tackle versatility right. and I really like him as a road grader. I think he's a good culture fit too. I would go Trey Smith. Oh. Yeah, you've talked me to Trey Smith. I accept Trey Smith as backup left tackle slash maybe backup for Brandon Linder and AJ Can as they start getting older, so on and so forth. That's a good pick. Okay, so it's a responsible got, pick. Thank you, appreciate it. All right, so we got one more pick there. The Jaguars are picking at number sixty-five because we're oh, doing a three-round. Saints get Mac Jones. Okay. Oh, the Saints did get Mac Jones at sixty-one. Uh, so we have picks so far: Trevor Lawrence, Kyle Pitts, Sean Wade, and Trey Smith. They're now here at number forty-five. Man, we still got good edge rushers on the board. Still got good linebackers as well. Jabril, Clock, Jabril Cox is here. I see him on the big board. Christian Barmore as an interior player. Paris Ford. Ooh, Paris Ford. Ooh, is Homs still here? Isn't Cyril Dean still here? Yes, yeah, he, he is. is. And Cisco. Ooh, and, and Andre Cisco. I and the count. I mean, I'd be, I'd okay. be, I'd be picking Andre Cisco. All right, so they, uh, they signed uh, Marcus Williams. They got Marcus Williams in free agency. That's okay. the, the, so he's their roof safety. Okay, who would you want to pair with him at safety if we went there? Uh, Cisco. Cisco's my guy. Cisco and Williams. You like those are two center fielders. Who's playing the box? I feel. I mean, I feel like Cisco could come downhill. I mean, I think a lot of his really nice plays are when he keeps things in front of him. When he could play like almost that like down hole zone role and really like come towards the line of scrimmage. Right. Let him be quick. Let him be aggressive as a rat player. Yeah. I can dig it. How heavy is Cisco? Is he what one one ninety five? Uh he's two oh five. Six for two oh five. Even denser than I thought. All right. That's, I can be I have I haven't talked into this. He's a big boy. I I know this is over is it like between like him and Hamsa for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm also interested in Paris Ford as a nickel player. Uh, if we let DJ Hayden walk, then we need Ooh. somebody to play over the slot, and I think Ford can do that better than any other safety currently listed on the board. He's so um, aggressive, though. I Like, if I'm going with a super aggressive dude like that, I'm definitely going Cisco over him. Okay. I accept. That's, okay. that's the problem. You okay. can play Sean Wade in the box as well. We know that he's successful in that role. All right, cool. There we go. All right, so that's 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 our three-round Yeah, lock. there's no other third-round pick for the Jags, so that's, nope. our, that's our first three rounds. Nope, that is it. So we went... In free agency for the Jacksonville Jaguars, we went with um, Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams. The safety situation, we went with, did you get Hunter Henry? Hunter Henry or Johnu Smith? Or, or Johnu. Whoever one the, the Pirates tight coach. Yep, so good tight end. And then for the uh, for the draft, we went Trevor Lawrence, Kyle Pitts, Sean Wade, Trey Smith, and Andre Sisco. I think that was a very me and you draft. <laughs> I felt like it was. I would hope it was. We let it. This is, um, this is very true. All right, that was Ben Solak as well as Trevor Sakima breaking down that information. I'm glad you guys had a chance to hear that. That was some good stuff, James. Yeah, it was really good stuff. And and that's heck, I man, you're gonna be talking about the draft for the next four months now, man. And it's gonna be all good stuff because Trevor Lawrence Sunshine is coming home to Jacksonville. I'm excited. I'm excited for Jags fans. Big deal. I am I'm very excited. You know, a lot of the national pundits they want to all of a sudden change the rules of the draft. It's not like the Jaguars. The Jags didn't tank. They just not, they weren't good enough to win. They weren't going to win these games anyway. 
the only thing that happened was the Jets won. Why do you want to change the rules because the Jets decided they wanted to win? I, I don't who, I don't get who that. wanted to change the rules. Oh, oh uh, Jeremy Shapp said it. Uh, Chris Mortensen saw an old tweet of the Jack. The Jaguars had this little contest and fans were able to send them requests. This was last summer of a player's name with a number and a jersey and a teal jersey. And it was just some exercise. They did it with a whole lot of different players. And one of them was a Trevor Lawrence. And somebody took it and even Kurt Menefee bit on it the other day and said that the Jaguars were already tweeting out pictures of uh, jerseys with the kid's name on it. And it just wasn't true. It, it was a wallpaper exercise or something. So what happened was folks took that and ran with it as if it was truth. Chris Mortensen tweeted out that they ought to take the draft pick away. <laughs> oh my God. I missed all that. <laughs> yeah. This was done. That stuff was done back in like June. Oh and, it, my and, God. And, it was, and it was a fan request, a participation thing between whoever runs the Twitter department. And, and it was like a bunch of these things that were going back and forth. It wasn't just Trevor Lawrence, a whole bunch of them. The Jags won their first game of the year. They, they, they had competed. Like they've competed. And they, they all have won the second won. game of the year. They yeah, were 31-31 with, with a minute and a half to go with it, the Titans on the road. And that, yeah, so that's the thing. I Look, are, are they in, – and there's always – like, yeah, so it's because he doesn't go to New York, he has a much better chance to succeed in Jacksonville than he does with the Jets, especially right. if Adam Gase was there, right? Right. I mean, so, yeah, that's crazy. Ignore that, man. Just enjoy it. Enjoy – uh enjoy uh trevor lawrence i mean and think about it those flowing locks on the beach that's exactly what should happen you shouldn't go to new york no doubt about it man you can get this every wednesday here on locked on nfl we take a deep dive into the future of your favorite nfl franchises james and i are joined every week here uh with content from the guys on locked on nfl draft to talk prospects and upcoming draft players uh, uh whatever is going on in terms of Who's going to get what? We tell you about mocks. We tell you what your team is going to do and all of that stuff right here on Locked On NFL Wednesday. James and I will be back with you next Wednesday. And by then it will be 2021. And we just want to take the time to tell you thank you for everything that you've done here for us in 2020. And also to tell you Happy New Year. When I know we're telling you early. James, Happy New Year to you and your family, man. And you guys be safe. And we'll see you here next Wednesday, same time, same place here on Locked On NFL.